Hi, and welcome to this episode of Bloodhound Picks, where I am one of your hosts, Craig. I'm Kyle. And I'm Josh. <laughs> and this episode, we will be discussing the two movies uh, that I picked, which are going to be Ricky O, the story of Ricky, and Save the Green Planet. Rikio is based off of the Japanese manga and also is, was an anime series. And then Save the Green Planet was picked again because the original theme that I had, where it didn't work out as well, is that it is a Korean film that kind of made a big splash internationally and was going to get remade and may still potentially this time by Ari Aster. But both of these films are kind of very outrageous in certain elements, be it through their campiness or their crazy plot or whatever it may be. So let's talk first about Ricky O. this was and oh i did find a theme actually because i was trying to that these are both two movies that i actually found through comedians and stuff like that instead of the the horror community so there that's the only way i was able to tie them together and same with um, kyle's pick which will be our next episode it's something that i found through comedians and not the horror community but let's talk about ricky o since kyle read the anime or watched some of the anime and i think he read some of the manga i'm going to ask what he thought in a second but the the story again is about ricky o who is sent to prison and it's in the near future where prisons are privatized and he's sent there and you don't know very much about him other than and that's revealed throughout the movie, but he's you know believes in justice. He's a good person, and this is a horrible prison where each cell block is run by a different gang and has their gang leader. And because Riccio is putting his nose in things and you know protecting the common man, 
he gets into some fights with all these people, and then everybody's trying to stop him. So it becomes a big... Basically, the movie is going from one fight to the next. But the funny part about it is, especially watching it dubbed, which I think is one of the, it's the only way in the States we can watch it. And the movie is just ridiculous in its gore and everything about it. It's crazy, and it's funny unintentionally and probably intentionally at times. But I love it. I kind of, it's one of those ones I know I've talked to Kyle about where I've been trying to find for years the the good, the Blu-ray of it, but it's kind of out of print, or if it is available, it's way more expensive than I think most people want to pay for a Blu-ray. So, Kyle, what were your thoughts? I know this was your first watch, and could you talk a little bit about the manga and the uh, anime? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was telling Joshua is weird because I've seen clips from it uh, before, so I knew what I was getting into, but I'd never seen it before. But I loved it by like ten minutes in. I was like, I need to buy this movie, pretty much, um, and then saw how expensive those Blu-rays were, and I was like, okay. Um, you can get a DVD copy of it for pretty cheap, though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the Blu-ray is like fifty bucks, but there were DVD copies of it. I think for like I don't know twelve. It's worth fifty bucks. It just you know, it's probably worth fifty <laughs> bucks. Yeah, if they have special features, <laughs> if you learn anything about how they made that shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I loved it. It's so over the top and insane and funny with the dubbing but it's fine. And it's such a simple story that's like, you don't... Uh, every two minutes, someone's getting punched through their body or something. <laughs> um, I didn't read the manga yet, uh, but I have it if you guys ever want to look at it. Um, and then the two... They made like two 45-minute-ish <laughs> anime movies. They're both on YouTube. I watched one of them, which was basically it was just a movie in like 45 minutes. Um... It was good. It's weird. It's funny because it wasn't as good because like that kind of violence is less over the top somehow when it's animated, you know? Okay. And so, Josh, your thoughts. I know you've seen it before, but watching it this time. Oh, yeah. Um, I had seen it before, yeah. Riccio's fucking amazing. Um, it... <laughs> The, the, I, I was obviously, since I'd seen it before, and it was actually not too long ago, um, I was kind of paying attention to other shit that I wouldn't normally pay attention to um, in terms of, you know, whatever the hell I felt like. Uh, like, the fact that um, none of the story makes any fucking sense, and there really isn't a story <laughs> either, which is very weird because it's like, it's almost like it's purposefully confusing. Like that whole thing where they're trying to explain to you. Because basically Ricky O, the character, is like fucking invincible. Right? He's basically Superman, but he doesn't fly. And that whole thing where they try to explain to you like why he's that way. And it's just like, huh? What the fuck did you just say? I have no idea what you just said. Um, And also, like, it's, it's almost like... Uh, well, it is. It's like a it's like a women in prison film, like from the seventies, except for it's men in prison film. 
And there's lots of gay stuff in it, too, that I don't think is really supposed to be in it. Um, the dubbing is fucking hilarious and how there's so much dialogue that is so fucking pointless. Like, the point when the one... the the one guy, the the I mean, they're all prisoners, I guess, except for the people who work in the prison. But the guy who um, Ricky gives the flute to, and he like shows Ricky and thereby the audience that his tongue is removed. And so the guy opens his mouth, and you can obviously see his tongue is gone. And Ricky's like, "Oh my god, somebody cut out your tongue!" Like, no shit. <laughs> or like, you know, you have the other characters who are like. Who are like illegally growing and selling um, the opium in within the the prison walls, <laughs> and uh, Ricky obviously, like you said, Craig is like you know he's not going to stand for you know illegal drugs and stuff, so he sets fire <laughs> to the opium, and one of the like uh, evil boss guys comes running out and is like. Oh my god, the opium's on fire as we're like watching it burn. <laughs> yeah, you're right, it is. And it's also like just it's set up like the the structure of the script is just it's just a video game, right? Cuz it's like he fights one guy and this guy is kind of tough, but then he fights another guy and this guy's a little bit tougher. And then he fights another guy, but this guy's even tougher. And it just, it literally is just like a video game that's a movie, which is, you know, for this, uh, if you've never seen Ricky O, it, you need to see it. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's just completely bonkers. And the fucking, all of the, like, the like, the way that the movie ends, I couldn't think of a better way for that movie to end. Like, it just culminates <laughs> in this, like, just... The, the the just complete fucking ridiculousness of it all is just it it's unrivaled terrific film so yeah that was my one of the things rewatching it is I forget how many points it's like oh here's somebody that might be working and like Riccio's friend now oh no they killed him <laughs> he's dead now it's like you have the old man I'm, Obviously, spoiler alert, but this was made in 1990, so, oh well. But you have the old man, you have the boy without the tongue. I mean, you see what happens to his girlfriend. It's like you have all these, the one nice character that helps Rikio, and then is just brutally killed later, like a scene later. I feel like it's also... Um, so what were your thoughts on the movie? It's, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think it's a huge influence on Brawl and Cell Block 99. Obviously, that's not as, <laughs> as outrageous, but especially the violence, comparatively, it's pretty over the top. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be really cool to see uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99 like, remade with that level of violence. Instead, because I mean, it's all you know. There's already there's already a shitload of violence and gore and shit in it, but it's also like realistic. Whereas, yeah, everything in Ricky O is just like I mean, it's like a fucking cartoon. It's a video game. 
Uh, so to see Brawl and Soulblock 99 like that. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, there's a ton of scenes in this movie to, I guess, sell it more. Where, as I know Kyle mentioned, as Josh mentioned, where people are getting holes punched through them. Where people are getting strangled with intestines. Yes. Eyeballs are being shot Dude. out. Yes. You have to explain I, the, the intestines. People are getting their faces ripped off. <laughs> the intestines, that's one of the middle. Yeah. It's a boss towards the middle who fucking, you think he's going to kill himself with honor or whatever they're fighting. And he disembowels himself. And Riccio, Riccio suddenly also is like, no, don't do that. Like, you guys were about to kill each other two <laughs> seconds ago. Okay. And he goes to comfort him and the guy pulls his intestines out and starts strangling him i mean that's yeah that's that's <laughs> genius level yeah yeah there is also what people morphing into other i guess oh yeah super saying up or something in a way <laughs> there's uh it's crazy but yes i don't know how to discuss it in a weird way um, because of the plot, as I know Josh talked about. Uh, but, yeah, it's just something I think, if you're a fan of gore, if you're a fan of gadget movies, but it's also fun, uh, yeah, definitely. I would say to watch it, at least once. You should watch it every day. <laughs> Except for you can't. <laughs> yeah, you should buy the Blu-ray and watch it every day. 50 bucks. Yeah. yeah, so what we're saying is okay, so, you need to see yeah. Ricky O. <laughs> and so next up we have another kind of very out there film, but this one even though it has comedy, it's a little more serious at points, it's devastating at points, but this is Save the Green Planet.
which uh, the story is about a man who is. How do I do this? A man who is who decides to kidnap the CEO of a major organization because he believes that the CEO is in connection with the aliens who will, on the next lunar eclipse, destroy the planet. And he's helped by his his circus-performing girlfriend, and through this they're torturing the, the CEO, and you're kind of learning what happened to this man and why he is the way he is, and then there's some twists, there's some turns. I don't know if we will be able to say it without spoiling the twist at the end, but we'll try not to. No, we're spoiling yeah, everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is this is not a spoiler-free yeah. so podcast. This, yeah. Ever. <laughs> so So this was my this is one of those ones for me where um, I was recommended a lot. It everything on paper of this movie it seems right up my alley in terms of the stuff I love, but this is actually my, was my first watch. And I, I've even owned it for a long time. But, yeah, it, it was interesting watching it because there is, it does, like, from the opening credits, there's this silliness to it. There is this kind of bizarre where you're expecting something more um, like Attack the, the Gas Station or some other Korean films that came out around that time. But then by the end, it just gets, it, like, it's hitting you with emotion. And that's the crazy part. There's, you know, there was... It does feel long, I think, watching it this time where you kind of have the first hour is basically a movie almost in itself, it feels like, with the, the one detective who then is, is um, again, spoiler alert, who is then killed, and then they bring in a whole other detective and a whole other kind of thing where you kind of, you almost feel like they could have just shortened a lot of that. But... Yeah, it's it's a really interesting movie, and I, I, it's another one where I know we've said this about I Saw the Devil, where it is very, its storytelling is very Korean storytelling in that sense. In terms of I don't know, Ari Aster I think is probably one of the few directors who could get the creative control to tackle something like that, but I don't know if he will be able to. Like, I don't know if that's a movie that can really translate without, you know, changing the plot completely into a different type of movie over here. But, what were your thoughts? Again, I'll go with Kyle, since I know this was your first watch, and then Josh after that, because I know you've seen it before. Yeah, um, yeah, this is one I actually, the first time I saw the cover, I was like, this is a Craig movie. I gotta tell Craig to watch this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I liked it overall. It's definitely not um, what I expected. I didn't really expect it to be funnier than it was, but yeah, it is much more emotionally resonant, I guess you would say. Although, yeah, uh, yeah, I was telling Josh, we were both agreed it's a little bit long. I think there was a lot of stuff with the detective's backstory, especially that one guy, which is cool, but it's like you don't really need it necessarily. It never really went anywhere, but... Um, but it's a weird ass movie. It's effectively weird. I liked. Um, I would text Craig when I was watching it because I was like, 
you said like that first hour is almost a movie in itself. Uh, and I kind of agree. I think, uh, I mean, you could make a whole movie just on the guy kidnapping the CEO and just have like those three characters mm-hmm. and never even know whether like the aliens are real or not, which we'll get into, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way they did all the alien <laughs> stuff too, because that guy. So the main protagonist just seems crazy, but you do have these kind of like intercut things of like his notebooks and all this pseudoscience about whatever the fuck is going on with the aliens, which was cool. And it was like, is it real? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bit long overall. Yeah. <laughs> What were your thoughts, Josh? Yeah, you could cut out probably at least 20 minutes of that movie. Maybe 30. <laughs> um, this movie, this is what I, this is my initial, this was my initial thought. If you ever are curious what ADHD is like, watch this movie. <laughs> um, it, it was, a lot of times, seemed directionless. Um, one thing that I will say I did like about it, um, was the amount of genres that it seemed to encapsulate because it was like a ton of them, but it was also part of the ADHD quality to it because it would literally go for about 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes in like the horror genre. And then the next 10 or 15 minutes, it would be a police procedural and then the next 10 or 15 minutes, it would be something else entirely. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, I, don't, I don't need to get into each and every genre that it goes through, but it goes through a lot of them. And that's part of the ADHD shit I was talking about. Um, but I liked that aspect of it, I think, just because it didn't really work that well for me, but I thought it was interesting. It was an interesting experiment to to get into all those genres. I think it should have been funnier um, because obviously there's shit in it that is intentionally comedic. Um, But I feel, I felt like the scenes that were intentionally comedic could have been funnier. And it's almost like they, it's almost like they were like, well, that's too funny. So we can't do that that way. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just hypothesizing, but um yeah, I didn't. It, it didn't really do a whole lot for me, um, and it was way too fucking long. Um, you can't. You at a hundred minutes into your movie, you can't have a really extensive flashback sequence explaining why the lead character is nuts. I don't give a shit, and it was like ten minutes long explaining why the guy we're spoiling this the guy's nuts i don't care i really don't care and i about i about couldn't take it after that but i did make it through the whole thing so um yeah the, it it wasn't it wasn't for me but um it has some it has some really interesting things going on in it yeah so I, yeah i agree with you Josh, in the sense that there are a ton of points where especially how it's presented and how ridiculous it the what he believes is is I guess um, that you would expect more humor to come from it 
because the whole idea, is, I guess kind of spoiling it, is that, well, at one point, the CEO, he plays into the the main character's whole ordeal, or whole kind of belief, saying that, yes, I am somebody who can contact the, the alien prince with my hair follicles, but that would cut off, because obviously aliens can only transmit you know, when they have their hair, which his head gets shaped in the beginning, but he goes on to say the whole plot, or, I mean, not the whole plot, but basically the whole setup of what happened, where the the alien king, he loved this planet, which is Earth, and he called the green planet, but they accidentally threw it, they killed all of the dinosaurs, and he felt so distraught about that that he made, um, basically, people in his image, which, uh, so he's kind of, even though he's an alien king, it's also playing into the, I guess, the biblical stories and everything like that, because then there's the whole point where Earth, you know, Earthlings start to rise up, they get more upset, things like Atlantis start coming up and them trying to, wanting to fight back against their their creators, the aliens, and there's a big, he floods it to kill everybody, but there was Noah element, and there's, you know, who saved everything, and so they keep doing this experiment of trying to make Earth work, but each and every time, we just keep killing ourselves. And when you watch the movie, and that so whole story kind of, will yeah. take you out of it, too. <laughs> that was long. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's so fun and it's so fucking pointless yes. too. And it's like none of that made any sense. Like I just listened to you explain that, Craig, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> and it's another. Yeah, so I mean, there's even a reference to, to yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so my thing too, and I know I told Kyle when he was watching it was there's a point where the the CEO, again, won't spoil too much, but we end up will. So here's the spoiler. If you are listening, jump ahead, I guess, one minute. Or I don't know. Um, the spoiler. He actually is the alien king. And so that's the big thing at the end. It's the whole movie you think he's just crazy, the main character, but in truth, he isn't that the CEO is the alien king, and then they decide that Earth is not worth it. They destroy the planet, and then you are left with basically images of the main character as at happier times because he had this horrific life due to aliens doing experiments on certain people to see if they can genetically grow from tragedy or grow from. Um, sickness or stuff like that yeah end of spoiler <laughs> we should say uh, i mean leading up to that the protagonist and his girlfriend die and they're lying there dying you know yeah. and like and his last thing is like who's gonna save the planet now and you're like this guy still fucking believes this shit and it seems like very tragic yeah. and then you get that twist which is a cool idea for a twist but you're also just like well that's a really fucking shitty feeling ending now like he was actually fucking right and he <laughs> yeah. and he failed and he died and the entire planet was destroyed <laughs> what the fuck 
Well, and then it gets to the point that the CEO, he reads through all of his journals yeah. and realizes how much horrible stuff that they these aliens have put on him, and he's crying about it, and he's upset, but then when he gets back to his, his ship, he's just kind of, like, that's gone. He doesn't have the empathy for the spearmen anymore. It's like, nope, kill him, or whatever. <clears throat> but yeah, so that is Save the Green Planet. Um, do you have any last kind of ideas on it? Any last comments before we, I guess, wrap this one up? I mean, if you're looking for something super weird, it's a good, it's a good um, oddball choice. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. It's just way too fucking long. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, yeah, we're all pretty much in agreement. I think um, it is one that I'd be interested to see because I think there's a lot of plot elements in it. And again, on paper, I think it sounds amazing. But I'm curious to see what could happen in somebody else's hands. But also, I don't know if, again, it could work in it anybody yeah. else's hands so it's in that it's in that weird place you could definitely well, someone could tighten it up but i don't think they could do the emotional like i think the it's too late to do the backstory when you do it the flashbacks but i thought they worked emotionally i don't think people would accept that in a you know an american movie they would be like what it's funny and he thinks there's aliens and now he has a, a sad backstory i don't get it Yeah. Apparently, apparently, the same director is the one that's going to direct the English language remake. Hmm. Oh, okay. So right. Ari Ari Aster is just producing it. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be one of those ones where they're going to get a list actors, and it's going to be a fucking mess of a movie. It's it's going to be like I saw the devil. It's not going to happen. It's going to be worse than I saw yeah. the devil. <laughs> Okay, so that is the end of our episode. Next time we will be it will be Kyle's pick, and this is another one actually for me that I learned about through um, comedy stuff over horror. But you'll find out because his pick is we're we're switching gears and going to uh, I guess a limited series of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Which is the cult yeah, comedy six episode series with Matthew Holness, who wrote, directed, starred in as Garth Marenghi. You have Matt Berry as one of his, in kind of one of his first big roles. Alice Lowe, uh, Richard Iota, or Iota, I can't remember his full name. Um, but there's a whole great cast of kind of all of those Mighty Boosh people, if you like that show. But yeah, I'm really excited to actually talk about that. I'm glad that Kyle picked it. But for now, that is all. And thank you for listening. And obviously, always rate, comment if you have, if you watch these movies and you like them. Also, comment if you have any obscure or independent 
movies that you think deserve to be highlighted so then we have more content to be able to give you and talk about because we're always looking for more suggestions until then see you next time bloodhound picks podcast is part of the morbidly beautiful podcast network produced by josh lee craig drum and kyle hints music by raymond seed editing by kyle hints